calling Shuttle Pod 3. You're cleared for departure. Safe travels. Hello and welcome to another episode of Shuttle Scuttle. I'm Brandon and I'm joined once again on today's journey aboard Ship Talking's personal shuttle by Robbie and George. And we're on our way to a short survey mission. Hello, it's good to be here. I'm interested to uh, see what space is out there in space. <laughs> I, I know. I, I hope we don't space out when we are in space studying space, George. So, <laughs> Well, it's a good thing we're all here in space together. Plenty of space uh-huh. for us to uh, space around. Uh, so while we're waiting for our survey scans to complete, guys, I wanted to pick your brain about something that you know is near and dear to my heart. And that's all of our favorite ship abilities, or, you know, as I like to say, ship gimmicks that exist out there. And we've got a lot of them. So first, I want to find out from both of you what your favorite is. George, you're first. Well, I know your favorite, Brandon, uh, <laughs> uh, not to give any too, too many spoilers, but it's definitely going to be uh, the Prometheus, I, I would imagine. But I, imagine, uh, I well, think you'll probably I'll talk about some... it shortly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. That's got its own chapter. It's got its own special document. Um, my favorite gimmick off the top of my head i mean like i'm trying to think not starfleet because starfleet's got a lot of got a lot of its own gimmicks you know but Mm -hmm. but i think uh to be to be interesting i want to say the fact that uh for convenience in first contact the cube that attacked earth just so happened to be able to spit out a sphere when we've never seen that happen before oh yeah that's uh (laughs) it it was very convenient for the borg i mean they they really screwed up by sending a single a single cube to attack earth you know they've managed Mm. to get all the way there but they only sent one cube just so happened to have that little escape sphere that just so happened to have the only the only time travel device in the whole Borg Empire. Uh, I, I love that gimmick. That that really helped them out. That's actually an interesting one. I've yeah, that is technically a ship gimmick. And uh, yeah, we've seen some Borg have gimmicks that you know haven't got a lot of screen time too. We've seen in some of the games that cubes can come together and make a giant fusion cube. If you've played Armada <laughs> before, you've seen that. So that's a good one, George. I like that. How about you, Robbie? So, you know, I'm going to go a little different today than kind of like my normal gimmick. Because yes, I agree with you, Brandon. I love myself a gimmick. But I always was so impressed and thought the orbital weapon platforms that oh. the Jem Hadar and the Dominions used during the mm, war yeah. was extremely interesting for multiple reasons. So one, you know, I love AI technology and I love the idea. Well, of course, these are terrible uh, weapons, but mm-hmm. I like the idea, right, of pretty much through AI, they're able to create these large areas of zones that are defended not by ships, but mm-hmm. by these orbital defense platforms, mm-hmm. which, you know, if you think three, 400 years in the future, that would make sense that we would have like AI technology to to pretty much to defend these large areas of space. And yeah. I thought what was really cool about that was the fact that you know, they had the energy-based weapons, they had, you know, really strong shields, targeting um they're able to defend the 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 what i think the chintaka system without having to actually have ships i mean they did supplement the area with jemhadar ships but i just think that 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 was such a really interesting step forward um with technology and of course um they did have their one the one part of it being a gimmick which was it had a really huge defense flaw which was that the their able to destroy the entire grid by changing the targetings onto it but i have to say i always thought that was a really interesting concept and i i never i was always surprised like why we didn't see more of that in star trek you know 
that kind of technology. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, DS9 was pretty good at giving us expansions upon certain holes within, like, how uh, warfare is supposed supposed to happen in the Star Trek universe. I mean, mm -hmm. the self-replicating mines, uh, laws of thermodynamics aside, <laughs> it's a wonderful idea. And the fact that we haven't heard too much about minefields being left in space and debris fields that make space hard to traverse in certain areas, uh, like you do in other shows, such as The Expanse or maybe Star Wars, um, I feel like adding that stuff to Star Trek really starts to fill out the picture. Mm -hmm. And you're right, the orbital weapon platforms, like, they, people talk about the Defiant basically being a gun and a photon torpedo launcher attached to a warp core. Yeah. Uh, why not actually have those? <laughs> There's no reason to risk people and resources when you can just fill a system with mm -hmm. with scary things that can murder anything that come close. Absolutely. It's a delight. So so in line with Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, Discovery for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I first off, I love that you both went with non-Starfleet gimmicks and abilities. So fair play to you both. Of course, I'm going to be the boring Starfleet <laughs> nerd and say, yeah. I, I mean, I do love uh, multi-vector assault mode, right? You know that Prometheus is my favorite ship. I just think that that was such a feat of engineering, right? Mm. That the ship could split apart and each of those pieces could also go to warp if needed. It didn't have to come back together to survive. It didn't have to go back to a star base to reintegrate. Yeah. So I did think it was cool. But I, I also really, really love and I, I think I often forget about it unless I'm watching it. But is when, you know, the fact that Voyager, the Intrepid class can land like yeah. that is pretty mm -hmm. epic in itself. And those scenes going to blue alert were really cool. Absolutely. I mean, like, Star Trek would be completely empty and pointless if it weren't for, you know, the, the whole premise of Star Trek is exploring. Yeah. Um, and the fact that that was basically the first ship where it was a big deal that it could land, like, that's very surprising, isn't it? Given that Voyager was almost less of an exploratory story as it was a survival story, at least originally. Right. Um, so I love it in science fiction when ships can land because planets are really what we're going out there to find. They're the mm -hmm. way we connect to how we live within the solar system and within the universe at large. Uh, you know, there's a reason that humanity is so interested in sending rovers to Mars at the moment and things like that. Space is great, but yeah. it's the, it, the humans aren't very interested unless we can imagine putting our feet on it. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. And I think that, you know, one thing I love about Brandon about is it it's, uh, about Blue Alert, right? That's landing mm -hmm. on the planet is that, you know, Voyager gave us this broad picture, big picture type of idea, right? Of landing on a planet, right? Mm -hmm. Which you know but what i know for a fact future shows and i think george you mentioned the expanse you know i think which we saw that happen in the, in that series where they landed ships on the planet i think that in the future we will see more of the details like i i have a i believe that star trek will make it more scientific mm -hmm. actually landing on a planet and and leaving a planet and the challenges of that i mean of course voyager made it look super easy but <laughs> you know future shows will show the struggles of leaving a planetary body yeah well we may finally get to see that in strange new worlds right we knew that the original constitution class could saucer separate and there was landing struts within the saucer as well if strange new worlds is going out then i really hope that we finally get to see that up on screen um but i uh i, I want to see if you all agree with me since you know we were just talking about voyager do we think that voyager maybe has the most ship gimmicks i mean it's got landing ability it's got the aero shuttle it's got pivoting nacelles it's got ablative generators it's got bio neural gel packs it's got it all <laughs> like can you think of any other ship out there that actually has more gimmicks than the intrepid class you make a good point the I defiant <laughs> I suppose that's true. Uh, it's yeah. got a lot if you also include the nose warhead, right? I was just thinking the nose. Yeah, the nose, the mind, the cloaking, <laughs> the blade of armor. 
Both I of mean, those ships uh, benefit hugely from, I think, the the onset of CGI in Star Trek, right? I mean, yes, we got dynamic yes. movement and lighting and damage effects with Defiant, you know, the ability to have something small and convincing. Uh, and with Voyager, of course, we had the articulated nacelles and its ability to land. Like, all of that would have been such a faff with physical models. <laughs> um, so... I, like it's 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 no surprise that yeah go take it a few decades forward suddenly we've got uh, floating nacelles and things I feel like all of the gimmicks we see today are basically an expansion upon the stuff we started seeing happen with the Defiant and Voyager absolutely yeah I uh, it was amazing because you know for some of those Voyager scenes they actually did have to use the actual physical model for the first landing scene and of course for the pivoting nacelles but definitely CGI has made it a lot better and. Who knows? Strange New Worlds and Season 4 of Discovery, Picard, Prodigy, all these shows around the corner. Gosh, we're going to have so much ship to talk about. Uh, but I uh, just want to see this rainforest in a bubble from Discovery. I want to be able to somehow explore that, and I'll be happy. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I cannot wait to see what Eagle Moss's model for that looks like. I hope it actually can be like, grow your own garden model. <laughs> <laughs> like a chia, like, like ch- ch- no, like, I don't know, sp- sp- space garden. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. Forget it. Knowing Star Trek, it's, it's somehow going to have, you know, it's somehow going to be able to land on a planet, and it's going to have 20 phaser strips and 200 shuttles you know oh, they'll sure. find a way they'll find a way to make it do everything even though it's a bubble full of trees they will have to <laughs> well gents our console is showing our scans are complete so it's best we get moving uh but thank you all for tuning into our discussion today while we wait for the next episode of ship talking pod to drop as always if you want to get in touch with us you can do so via our website shiptalkingpod.com or just send us a hail via the old-fashioned way through email to hello at shiptalkingpod.com if you use twitter and want to send us a tweet we're at shiptalkingpod and please make make sure to head to our patreon page which is patreon.com shiptalkingpod to check out the exclusive benefits that we provide to patrons in exchange for their support we will chat to you all next week cheers and stay well bye 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 thanks everybody yeah.